Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to Saving Lives in Slow Motion. Today, I'd like to talk about pain. When I was training as a medical student, uh, one of the books that we used to carry around was colloquially known as the Cheese and Onion Oxford Handbook of Medicine and it's sort of pocket sized so that you could carry it around in your white coat back in those days when we used to wear white coats and look things up and in it was this line which said don't forget how painful pain is and it always used to make me chuckle a little but was actually a really useful reminder to make sure that when treating patients who were in pain that we acknowledged it Now, I'm glad to say that the brutal practices of yesteryear where some consultants, particularly in surgical specialties, used to withhold analgesia so that they could tell what clinical signs a patient had, which which I think is just cruel, personally. Those days are gone. And pain is really important in many ways. Um, It's unpleasant, obviously, but I want to kind of find out why it is that some people experience pain more than others, what the mechanisms involved are, and what we can do to manage pain better. So the first thing I notice about pain, and of course I see it in the consulting room on a daily basis, is that there is definitely a psychological component to it, as there is with any other medical condition or symptom. It's not to say it's all in our heads, but... For example, if you are cutting up a cucumber and then you nick your finger with the knife and it bleeds, um, if you don't notice, it doesn't seem to hurt until you notice that it's bleeding, does it? It's not always the case, but very often the case. And in the same way, there are some complex psychological mechanisms involved in the perception of pain, which we'll come to. Now, while we're on that, one group that I really have a lot of sympathy for are those people who suffer with chronic pain and this is where pain has plagued their life really for a a significant length of time and actually just reading a very recent article on chronic pain I was personally shocked to find out that in the UK alone nearly 28 million adults have 
experienced pain for at least three months. That's nearly 44% of the population. Now, just in terms of what happens when you feel pain, I um, did a finger prick test the other day, um, a blood test, and anyone who has had to do that kind of thing, or does it regularly if you have diabetes, for example, uh, may know that it's it doesn't hurt so much when someone else does it because you, you don't know when the the prick from the uh, lancet is coming. But when I was trying to do it on myself, I was cowering, thinking, oh, you know, even though it, it's not a huge amount of pain, it's the anticipation of it that makes you feel it. But what happens in that moment when the skin is pierced is physiologically your body experiences a stimulus and the nerve endings from your finger send signals up the spinal cord to the brain and once it sends signals to say the sensory cortex which is the part of the brain that knows that your hand is experiencing pain that's when you start to have that experience of pain there are other parts of the brain that are activated as well like your reticular formation which will usually jolt you into action it's linked to wakefulness and that fight or flight response but actually what's happening at the end of the fingertip in, in terms of nociception which is the process of what's happening um, as opposed to pain which is what you're feeling so nociception is how your nervous system processes a stimulus often called a noxious stimulus like injury or burns and pain is what you feel as a result so the pain part is completely subjective. It's different in different people. So unsurprisingly, there are lots of factors like gender, ethnicity, um, also genetics. Um, there are certain gene variations like one called COMP, which has a role in regulating dopamine and noradrenaline and also psychological and cultural inputs as well. So certain cultures just don't pay pain attention and particularly in certain Asian cultures, there's a real stoicism around pain. Just digressing for a minute onto, onto the flip side, which is how you treat pain with analgesia um, in the form of anti-inflammatories or opiates, which are opiates, particularly drugs of addiction. And they all work on different receptor pathways that we know are involved in pain. But even they work differently in different people, and that's because certain drugs uh, elicit a better response from certain individuals than others. Okay, so we've kind of laid out that it's a big problem, potentially. Chronic pain in particular. Acute pain, you know, if you, and I, I don't mean this flippantly, but if you sprain your ankle or pull a muscle in your back now and again, those things are short-lived pain episodes usually and you'll recover but what about those people that actually experience chronic pain where it's something that is a daily minute by minute hour by hour part of their life now I know many people in this situation and I can tell you that they often live on hope that there are going to be some new frontiers in pain research that will help them and actually you know one of the ones that I see working really well is something called a spinal cord stimulator which people with intractable leg or back pain really benefit from what else in terms of what works for pain well 
There is, of course, doing a 360 on yourself in terms of looking at all the elements about your life, you know, whether you've suffered trauma in the past, what your diet's like, what your movement's like, how much sleep you're getting, what your vitamin D levels are like, all of the things in my health loop, in the health fix. And by doing that, that can certainly take the edge off. But what about cutting edge research? What's the latest in terms of chronic pain? Are there any advances? Well, the answer is yes. Hot off the press from California. And of course, I say this with caution because it's not likely that this will become everyday kind of remedy for chronic pain overnight. But the fact that it works in a research setting is really encouraging. So a professor in anaesthetics and a pain specialist called Professor Shervalka has basically found a number of key things. One is that chronic pain and acute pain elicit different signals from the brain. And unlike previous research in this area, which is done by MRI scans that look at parts of the brain that react in different ways, it's called a functional MRI, they essentially light up different parts of the brain. That's not quite accurate, but you know what I mean. This was very different. It was done with electrodes in the brain over a six-month period. And what it actually enabled him to do was to break down brain signals into electrical waves, which essentially acts as a neural biomarker. So something that happens in the brains of these people that is absolutely and only associated with chronic pain. What was interesting is that those biomarkers were different for acute pain and the hope is that you can actually use something called deep brain stimulation, which is already used for conditions such as depression, to actually change those frequencies and then hopefully alleviate pain. Remember pain is an experience and the exciting thing about this study is that these biomarkers seem to be very specific for chronic pain. And that is so much more targeted than just trying different types of medication, for example, which of course is a starting point. But with chronic pain, often different approaches are needed. So I mentioned earlier about the psychological aspects of pain and there is this apocryphal story the British Medical Journal in 1995 and it was a story about a builder who was in his 20s and he was on a building site jumped down onto a large nail and was in absolute agony and whenever in the A&E department they tried to remove this nail he would just scream in pain so they actually put him to sleep to remove the nail and when they actually removed the boot to take the nail out it transpired that the nail had gone in between his toes so there was no injury at all now why that is so fascinating is that it's something i guess it's a, it's an expectation effect isn't it he was expecting that to be really painful and so his brain had convinced him, and this is what I mean about pain being a subjective experience, that it was really painful, yet there was no injury. And on the flip side, you have certain communities that feel no pain. This is again fascinating, and this appears to be because of genetic variation, there's 
a group of three families in Pakistan who feel no pain. And there is this condition or state called congenital insensitivity to pain. It's extremely rare and not always the gift that you think because you can't feel pain, you're much more likely to hurt yourself. I think for me in the consulting room also, I've noticed over the years that sometimes you you have a patient who on scan or on some sort of imaging, they ought to be in huge amounts of pain, but they're not. And you think, how are you walking around? Whereas in other cases, there appears to be quite a lot of pain, but no diagnosis. And this is fairly common in the realm of conditions like fibromyalgia, where there's no test for the condition. It's more a cluster of symptoms that are lumped together. So what is the best way to minimise pain, or the experience of pain at least? Well, when you trawl through the evidence and you match it with people that you've seen in real life, the first thing undoubtedly is your frame of mind. If you've got the right kind of thought patterns in terms of not focusing on the pain and you are resilient or you're able to think mindfully, then you are likely to cope with pain better. The second, in my mind, is support. Group consultations seem to work really well for chronic pain. And if you are supported well, whether that's by friends or family or by a peer group, then that appears to help. Think about the opposite. If you're isolated and on your own in pain, it can be much harder. The third is your starting point. Now, everyone is different and we're all born slightly different. So if you've got, if you like, genes that make you predisposed to feeling pain, then that's you know, unfortunate, but there are still things that you can do and they are the basics in terms of reducing inflammation. And that means all the basic stuff like eating an anti-inflammatory type diet, making sure that you're moving safely and regularly, good quality sleep, minimizing stress, easier said than done, and making sure that you focus on that first all important one, which is your frame of mind or mindset, as I used to refer to it in my very early slides in our prescribing lifestyle medicine course. In any case, pain is as fascinating as it is distressing and I'm sure you all have lots of stories about it yourself. It, it can be so distressing and, and you know I don't think anyone forgets the most painful experience they've ever had in terms of physical pain. I hope that's given you a little bit of insight um, into the mechanics of pain and the why of the why um, and also maybe some strategies in terms of minimizing it do please uh, let me know what you think and keep suggesting episodes because that that really helps and some of the ideas are wonderful keep them coming i'm, I'm getting through them all and um, just thinking about where to go next in the meantime thank you for listening do take care stay well and until next time Bye for now. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.